0: Speaking with power from ascension. As believers, sometimes we can say the right things. We can even speak that which is truth. But because we are not speaking it from the right place, it has no power. Amen? You can say the truth that by his stripes I am healed. But if you are saying it from a place of self-righteousness, wherein your thinking is, you are healed because of how good you are, even though that's the truth, you're speaking it from the wrong place. You need to speak that from the life of Christ and from the place of ascension that is far above sickness, disease, poverty, lack, devil, demons, and situation and circumstances. You do not change the environment and change the condition unless you are able to speak from the ascended life of Christ and unless you can speak from the position where you are, which is in the place of ascension. So we are talking about speaking truth, but we are also talking about speaking truth from truth amen hallelujah and the holy spirit who is an awesome performer that watches over the word of god to perform it when it agrees with the word of god and the spirit of god he will perform and bring fulfillment to that which you declare when you declare the decrees of the lord and you speak it from where you are in the nature of christ and from the position of christ the position of ascension then the power of god the kingdom of god the angels are all released to bring fulfillment to that word. Amen? So we're talking today about speaking with power from ascension. Speaking with power from ascension. In Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 5, it says, Even when we were dead, when you were dead, and it's we, when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. And by grace, you have been saved. And also, he also raised us up together. And he made us. He made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ. The same place where we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. In heavenly places in Christ. He made us to sit together in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. This is where you now live that in the ages to come, that in the ages to come, that in the time following, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So that right now, in the time following this, our seating in heavenly places in Christ, God might demonstrate the exceeding great riches of his grace. Someone will say, oh, but that scripture says in the ages to come. That means it's somewhere in the sweet by and by. Well, consider this. This scripture when Paul wrote this was couple, a was couple thousand years ago. Amen? Right, which means this scripture was written ages ago. So even if you want to look at it that way, the ages to come is still now. Glory to God. But more accurately, it is that in the time hereafter, What will happen? In the time after we have been raised up, made alive together with Christ, made to sit together with him in heavenly places, God will demonstrate and manifest his great and his wonderful and his glorious and the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so Isaiah chapter 54, here is God God, seeing us where He has placed us and where He has seated us at His right hand in Christ Jesus, where He where He have been, where He has put an end to us, and we have been crucified. And it is no longer us that live, but it is now Christ that liveth in us. The life that we now live is the life of Christ. We live it by the faith of the Son of God. And as Jesus is, so are we in this world. So here is God speaking prophetically concerning us, His children, His born again seated with Christ's children. Amen. And listen to what God says about us. And again, I'm talking about speaking with a power from this place of ascension. In Isaiah chapter 54, reading from verse 13, here is what God says prophetically. All your, all of your children, that's all of his children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace Great shall be the peace of his children. Great shall be our peace. Why? He said, and in righteousness we shall be established we shall be established in oneness with him, we shall be established in the authority of Christ that proceeds from the throne of God we shall be established with his rightness so that we are free from condemnation and guilt and shame and insecurity and inferiority we shall be established in righteousness wherein we, we we are functioning with the rights of the sons of God for now are we the sons of God even though it does not appear what we shall be when he shall appear we shall be like him for we are now the sons of God and all of creation is waiting to see the manifestations of the sons of God so he says in righteousness they shall be established and you shall be far 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 from oppression of any sort because you shall not fear and from terror it shall not come near you this is God's prophetic word as he sees us in Christ at his right hand and then he goes on to say in verse Weapons and stuff might be formed against you, but then he says in verse 14, verse 17, No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage. Of the servants of the Lord this is these are the heritage this is the heritage of the ones who will abandon their will to the will of God this is the heritage of the servants of the war wo- of the Lord those that are living for the purposes of God those whose meat is to do the will of God those who have now, even though they are children yet in functionality they are functioning from a place of their will being abandoned to the will of God for it is no longer you that live but it is Christ that liveth in you and now that we live live we live not for the will of men but for the will of God we do not live for our own will because the love of Christ constrains us and this is what we judge when one died for all then we're all dead so that they which live which is us alive in him no longer live for ourselves so he says this no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against you in judgment you shall condemn it for it is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Their righteousness is of me. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We are talking about speaking with power from that place of ascension where you are seated in the life of Christ at the Father's right hand. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 4, uh, let me it says, and I'm reading this from the Amplified, it says, If you then, it says, If then you have been raised up with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, and you are seated in him. And set your mind and keep them set, On what is above. On the higher things. On the things, not on the things that are on the earth. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died. And your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then you also will appear with him in his splendor, in the splendor of his glory. Amen? Now, that's the straight amplified. Now, I'm going to read it again, but this time I'm going to inject a few thoughts. This time I'm going to inject some, 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 some realities and some truth regarding the fact that it's no longer you that live, but it's Christ that lived in you because you were crucified with him. Amen? So I'm going to read it again and, and inject a few other scriptures. If you then have been raised with Christ... If you then have been raised with Christ to a new life, just you are sharing the resurrection from the dead, this new life, and you're, you aim at and you seek the rich eternal treasures. The scripture says that, that um, um, in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17 that we have treasures in this earth and vessels. First Peter chapter 1 verse 3 and 4 says that by the resurrection of the dead, You have been resurrected onto a living hope, onto a hope that came from God, and onto an inheritance that is incorruptible, that is undefiled, that is reserved in heaven for you, in that realm. It also says in um, Ephesians 1 verse 3 that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing where? In heavenly places in Christ. It also says in Ephesians 3 verse 8 it speaks about the unsearchable riches of Christ. The the unfathomable, the incalculable riches of Christ. So we seek those things which are above. We set our hearts and our affection on those things, not on the things that are beneath. You and I, and we keep it set here. Why do we keep it set here? Because we live here. Whatever we do in word or in deed, we do everything in the name of Jesus. We we are not just visiting the holiest of holies. We are not just visiting this place of ascension. We are not just visiting in this place in Christ. But what are we doing? We live here. Say, I live here. We function from here all the time. Hallelujah. We function from here. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So we are set, our hearts and minds are set on these higher things. The higher realm, the God realm, the kingdom of God realm, the the unseen realm that is in Christ. Not on the things of the earth. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died. Yes, you have died. You were crucified with Christ and buried. What does that mean? It means then that you cease to exist. Now, we don't want to be, we could be figurative and say, well, we cease to exist in the mind of God. No, no, that's true. But it's beyond that. It is the reality. You were crucified with Christ and the old man, you were buried with him by baptism into death. So you no longer cease to exist. Jesus says that you need to take up your cross and you need to deny yourself because that self no longer exists. In another place in another place it says that um, in Romans chapter 6 verse 11 that you need to reckon yourself to be dead indeed do the calculation you are dead indeed but you are alive to God So he says then yes you have died and you have, so you have died and you cease to exist you are dead to the world in Christ your new life You've got a new life. That old life has come to an end. And the new life you have, it is hidden with Christ in God. It is so hidden with Christ that, a, that, that your life is hid with Christ. Your life is hid with Christ. Jesus says, I in them and them in me. Well, your life is so, is so hid with Christ that 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Hallelujah. John chapter 17, verse 21 to 23. Jesus prayed, Father, that they may be one just just as you, Father, just as, Father, uh, you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. And the glory which you have given me, I have given it to them. Why? So that they might become just as we are, I in them and you and you and me, and that they may be made perfect in one. Hallelujah. So reckon yourself to be dead indeed, but alive unto God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, Christ in you is when he is unveiled. Christ in you, the hope of glory. When, you see, Christ is now your life. Christ is now your life. Christ is all, and in all Colossians 3:11, 3, 3, you also will appear. You see when Christ is unveiled. That's when you are unveiled. That's when you see who you really are. You cannot see who you really are until you see Christ. It does not yet appear what he shall be, but when he shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see him as He is, First John, chapter three verse two. When he is unveiled, when he appears, that's when you see who you are. That is why the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, you want to know what you really like? Look into the perfect law of liberty. Look into the mirror of the word of God. Because when you behold as in the mirror the glory of the Lord, what are you seeing? You are seeing who you are on the inside. And as you continue to behold the glory of the Lord and you continue to set your heart and your mind fixed on the reality of who he is, then you will be transformed from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And that Christ that is on the inside of you will begin to be formed on the outside, will begin to be formed in your spirit and in your soul, in your soul and in your body. Paul says, I prevail again that Christ might be formed in them. Hebrews, um, Galatians 4 verse 19. But Christ himself is your life, glory to God. So here is the summary of all that I've, ju- that I've, that I've just said. Galatians 2:20 You have been crucified with Christ nevertheless you live but yet it's not you it is Christ that liveth in you and the life that you now live it's the life of Christ and you live it by the faith of the Son of God Your life as it has, as it was known has come to an end by the death and the burial of Christ and let me put it this way your life has come to an end by your death and your burial that, was, that took place in Christ. And now your new life is the life of Christ. So the scripture says in, in Romans 6 verse 4, that being the case, you ought to walk in the newness of life. Know ye not that as many of you as were baptized and immersed into Christ, that you were also immersed into his death? Therefore, you were buried with him by baptism, by that immersion into death. And like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, you too were raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. You too were made alive together with him. You too were made to sit together with him at the Father's right hand. Therefore, that being the case, you now ought to walk in the newness of life. You now ought to walk in the reality of the resurrection life. You now ought to walk as one who's been raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, where it's no longer you, but it is now Christ living in you, Christ living through you, and the life that you now live, is the life of Christ. That's the gospel. The gospel is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul says, when God called me from my mother's womb, it was to reveal his son in me, and that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Well, why do you think you are here? Why do you think you were born? Was it just to be a doctor or a lawyer or a janitor or this or that? No, you were born and you came forth from your mother's womb. And here is God's purpose for your life. It's to reveal his son in you and through you. Anything else is missing the mark. Hello? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the gospel truth... Is that you are to live, speak, and pray, and function continually. From where? From the, your new life. From the ascended life of Christ. And I put in the word ascended because we are talking about the life of Christ. Speaking, living, praying, functioning from the life. But we are also talking from where that life is. From where you are positioned in the place of ascension. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So... I need you you to see yourself in Christ. Now, for the next couple of minutes, I don't know, three, four, five minutes or so, I want to take you on a journey by the Spirit of God. And I want you to see yourself from the cross to the throne. I want you to see yourself from the cross to the throne. I don't want you to be separated when you see the us. When you see the scripture says that you are the body of Christ. I want you to see that you are the body of Christ. When you hear the word says that we are the fullness of him. Let it be known that that we includes you. Because you see in this resurrection and in this place of ascension. You have lost the identity of self. And now you have an identity of oneness with God. You have an identity of us. Members of one another, members of Christ, members of his body and of his flesh and of his bone. You've got an identity of us. You've got a new consciousness and a new awareness. Your conscience has been purged by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ from every dead work so that you are now alive to God. So I want you to see over the next little while I want you to see yourself from the cross to the throne. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. (laughs) So let's consider Colossians 2, verse 10 to 12. I call it the operation of God. The operation of God because this is what God did. God did this. Say, God did this. It is God that made us. To sit together with him in heavenly places. It is God that made us a life together with Christ. It is God that raised us up. It was God that placed you in Jesus' body on the cross. And made you to be crucified with him. And made you to be buried with him. And made you to be resurrected with him. And made you to be ascended with him. And made you to be washed by his blood. He did all of it. You had nothing to do with it. We are saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. God did it. Say, God did it. It's the faith of the operation of God. So Colossians chapter 2, verse 10 to 12, it says, you are complete. In Christ, oh glory to God. You get a revelation of being complete in Christ and no one could ever bring any kind of accusation against you to, to, to motivate you into any sense of works, any sense of Sabbath, holy moon, blue moon, eat this, don't eat that, touch not, taste not. All those things are gone. The rudiments of this world, you are dead to them by the reality of the fact that you are complete in Christ. Hallelujah. So God did it. You are in him made full and having come to to the fullness of life. In him, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. By the putting off of the body of the sins of flesh. In the natural, what happens when there is circumcision? What happens to that foreskin? What do you think happens to that foreskin after a while? After it's been cut off, it's buried, it disappears, it disintegrates, it ceases to exist. Well, so is that old man after he was crucified. He was also buried. Anyway, (laughs) in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by the Spirit of God. By putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. What are you you talking about putting off the body of the sins of the flesh? By putting off the whole corrupt and carnal nature and everything connected to it. By putting it all off. That's why I like to say in crucifixion, when you were crucified, everything connected to that old life was crucified, dead and gone. That is why you no longer have any history. That is why your identification is not from your humanity. That is the reason why what is, what, what, is, what is hereditary in the family and all of those things don't matter. It is only Christ and him crucified that matters. Because what happened? The body of the sins of that flesh was put away by the circumcision of Christ. And you were buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised up with him. How? Through through faith in the working of God who raised Christ from the dead. Say God did it. And Romans 6 verse 3 and 4 says that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, you were also baptized and immersed into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, so were you. And even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. We should walk in the very life of Christ. Hallelujah. We should walk in the very life of Christ. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So here is the deal. God did this. And he placed you, he placed you in the body of Christ. Capture this. I don't know what it is, if you know what it is, what tie-dye means. But in my, in my country growing up, we used to do a thing called tie-dye. You'll get a nice white t-shirt and you'll get these dyes and then you'll get these strings and you'll tie up the shirt and so on and then you'll take that shirt and you'll put it in this, in this pot of boiling water with the dye. And you let it sit for a while and then you take it out. And when you take it out, you're going to have these rings and so on. And these patterns on the the white t-shirt. But once that thing has been tie-dyed, you cannot take those colors out. You cannot separate it. Well, here is what happened. Here is what happened. When you were placed, when Jesus was on the cross, God placed you in Christ. He tie-dyed you into him. He baptized you into him. He immersed you into him. And once that happened, there was going to be no separation. So when Jesus died, you died. When he was buried, you two were buried. And when he was resurrected, bless God, you were also resurrected. I don't want to even go to that, but even when he went to hell, you went with him. When he ascended to the Father's right hand, at the very same time, the very same instant, you were raised up, resurrected together with him, and made to sit together with him at the Father's right hand. Jesus is the firstborn among among many, many brethren, and you were made to sit together with him. So here is the deal. God placed you in the body of Christ on the cross, and you, the old you, with with us, with the sin nature, died with Christ. Furthermore, he was buried. That old man was buried with Christ. So here is here's how wonderful it is. If you can receive that the old man is crucified, dead, buried, and gone. And I'm telling you, I encourage you, declare that, declare that, declare that, declare it. Proclaim it because the power is in the proclamation. The power becomes comes into place when you speak it. When you declare, I am crucified. It is the preaching of the cross. That is the power of God. You declare, I'm crucified. I mean, somebody's getting to you, and I mean, and you and you're wanting to react. Just maybe you can't say it a lot, but say it inside of you, I'm crucified. I'm crucified, they're crucified. I'm crucified, they're crucified. And you see, when you see them crucified, then you then you know, I mean, then you're gonna separate them from their deeds and their action, and it will be easy to remit and to forgive their sins. But you gotta, you there is a power of crucifixion anyway. So here is the thing, you were buried with him, you were buried with him. So when conflicts, when conflicts come, and I don't know if you know it or not, but conflicts do come, amen, and they will come. Once you're in this earth, they're going to come. But when conflicts come, (laughs) when they come, They have to deal with Christ, not with you. Why? Because you're not here, remember? You died. They have to deal with Christ because you're not here. (laughs) In other words, then, let Jesus answer the door. Let Jesus respond to the conflict. He is the way of escape. And when he answers the conflict, number one, I mean, whatever it is they're doing, you know what he'll say? Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. When Jesus answers, the do- answers, first of all, he will respond, not react. He will speak the word of God. He is not going to have some reactionary anger or, 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 or ridicule. No, he's not going to be like that. Say, I'm crucified. So when conflicts show up, <laughs> I'm not here. How can a dead man be anxious about anything? It's impossible. So reckon yourself to be dead. Anyway, I'm I'm sidetracking there a little bit, so let me get back over here. In the very burial, by the circumcision of God in the spirit, everything from the corrupt nature was legally and totally stripped off of you to the point that there should be no awareness or consciousness of anything from the old man. Hallelujah. Let me ask you something right now. If you don't have a headache right now, are you conscious of a headache? No, because you don't have one. Amen? Why should you be conscious about something that happened in the past? Why should you be conscious about what, who said what, who did what, what people, how, why should you be conscious about anything from the realm of your humanity? Anything from that corrupt nature, why should you be conscious of it, given it was stripped off? And the body of that flesh, the body, the body of that of the sins of that flesh have been put off, circumcised, stripped off of you. Why? So that you might have no more consciousness of anything from the old man. Now I'm gonna give you a scripture that you may not have looked at, but if not, look at it right now. First Peter chapter 3, verse 21. And I'm just pulling it out of it, But it says that in this baptism, this immersion into Jesus' death and burial, there has been a removal of any evil, of an evil conscience. It has been removed. That evil conscience has been removed so that now in resurrection by the power of the blood of Christ, Your conscience has been totally and perfectly purged from every good work so that you can serve the living God. The scripture goes on to say, so that you have a good and a pure conscience towards God. The living God. Hebrews 9 verse 14. Say, I got a pure conscience. My conscience has been purged by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 So you've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live, but it's not you, but it's Christ that liveth in you. And you have been made alive in resurrection with the life of God. You've ascended to the Father's right hand, and you are now seated with him. So your death and burial with Christ, you no longer exist. Everything from your humanity came to an end. Everything from your humanity came for, to an end. You were crucified. And because you were crucified, you are crucified. So you have got to reckon yourself to be dead indeed. Romans 6, verse 12. It's wonderful to have this scripture. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but it's Christ that liveth in me. That's wonderful. But you got to be a doer of that scripture you got to be a doer of that scripture. you got to believe that scripture. you got to speak that scripture. you got to live that scripture. But well, how do you be a doer of that scripture? Well, Romans 6 verse 11 says, Reckon yourself to be dead indeed. Hallelujah. Now, are you going to be tested? Of course. You're going to be in, in environments, communications, conflicts, situations, and you are going to be tested. Are you dead? Are you crucified? And if you just think it in your head... There isn't enough power there. You're going to have to speak it that I am crucified. It's no longer I that live. And that will chop off any reaction and it will move you right into the place where you are alive to God in the life of Christ. And instead of you answering the door, Jesus will answer the door. Amen? And when Jesus answered the door, the teeth runs off. You know why? He knows his head was bruised. Amen. Say amen. Glory to God. So you are raised by resurrection with Christ to a new life. First Peter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope, a hope that is from God, a hope that is from God, not a natural hope. Oh, Abraham, according to natural hope, there was no way he could get a baby, given he was 100 years old, and Sarah, because of the deadness of her womb. But against hope, he believed in hope. He had a vertical hope. He had a living hope. He had a hope that came from God. The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 1 that the eyes of our understanding would be open, that we might know, know what? Know what is the hope? Of his calling you look at your environment and your circumstances and you look horizontal man you ain't gonna have no kind of hope all you see is discouragement and disappointment but lift up your eyes and there is a heavenly hope there is a hope that comes from God there is a life that God has designed for you from before the foundation of the world hallelujah So by the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, you were born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And Ephesians 2 verse 5 and 6 says, you were made alive together with Christ and by grace you have been saved and you've been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ. And the life that you now live, the life that you now have, it is the life of Christ it is the life of Christ and that's why you got to live it by the faith of the Son of God that is why it's no longer your will but it's his will it's no longer your body but it's his body it's no longer your hands but it's his hands your meat is doing the will of God you know many times believers struggle oh what is the will of God oh what is the will of God the will of God is your sanctification my dear First Thessalonians 4, verse 3. This is the will of God, even our sanctification. What does that mean? You have been separated unto God. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Glorify God in your body and your mind. Present your body a living sacrifice. It's the least of your it's the least, it's the least that you can do. You're not your own. What is the will of God? Sanctification. Separation. You belong to God totally, completely. Hallelujah. So the life you now live, is the life of Christ. And the essence of this life, this new life, it is the very nature of God. You are a partaker of his divine nature. This new man is created in righteousness and true holiness. Ephesians 4.24. You are the result, who you are right now. You are the result of the perfect sacrifice of Christ. You are the joy that was set before him that caused him to endure the cross. You came out of the sacrifice. You are God's workmanship. You are the product of the sacrifice of Christ. You have come to an end and the life that you now have is the life of Christ jesus did not remain a single seed but when that seed fall into the ground and it died and it was resurrected it was multiplied so christ is now in you jesus could only be in one place at one time but guess what now he has us he can go into all the world wherever we go he goes he has duplicated himself oh what 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 economy what a glorious wisdom that God would sacrifice himself through his son so that he can have you, we can have him, and he can duplicate himself in us and through us and fill this whole earth with the glory of the Lord as water covers the sea. Hallelujah. You are the result of Christ's sacrifice. So let's look a little bit at that. Romans 1 verse 16 says that the the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to him that believes. What does that mean? It means the result of the sacrifice when you apply the result of the sacrifice to to your life, it is the power of God that will produce salvation, that will produce healing, that will produce deliverance, that will produce divine protection, that will produce everything reconciled to God's original intent. The result of the sacrifice as it is applied to you as it is applied to you, brings to the conclusion, you have come to an end. You have ceased to exist. You have been crucified. When you died in Jesus' death and you were buried in his burial, you were also resurrected and ascended with Christ. And now you are seated with Christ at the Father's right hand. And that is where you are to live from. That is where you are to speak from. That is where you are to pray from. That is where you are to act from. Whatsoever you do, Do everything in the name of Jesus. Do everything in the person of Christ. Do everything from the life of Christ. Do everything from where you live in the new and the living way in the holiest of holies whereinto you have entered by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the veil of his flesh. Hebrews chapter 4, 10 verse 19 and 20. Hallelujah. You are seated at the Father's right hand. Now, in addition, you have been washed by the blood of Christ. You have been connected to God in the everlasting covenant by the blood. You have the authority of the name of Jesus. And now Christ is living his life in you and through you. Christ is living his life in you and through you. Have a look at 1 John 4 9. Christ is living His life in you and through you, and therefore He is speaking. He's not just sitting in there doing nothing. He is speaking. He is speaking what? He is speaking His word. He is speaking His promises through you. That is why Colossians three verse sixteen says, "Let the word of God dwell in you richly." No, that's not what it says. Colossians three verse sixteen says, "Let the word of Christ." dwell in you richly in the past it says in hebrews 1 verse yeah hebrews 1 verse 1 that in the past god spoke by his prophets but in these last days god is speaking by his son so let the word of christ dwell in you richly christ is in you and he is speaking hallelujah glory to god i didn't just come up here and decide to preach a good message I made sure and I took some time to spend time with the Lord and do what? Hear what he is speaking because he speaks. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly so that you can now know what to say. So that you can know what to do. What you see him do, you do. What you hear him say, you speak. You can't speak when you haven't heard. But when the word of Christ dwells in you richly, then whatever you do, whatever you say, you can do it in the name of Jesus, giving thanks unto God and the Father by him. Colossians 3, verse 16 and 17. So Christ is speaking, and he is speaking truth. He is speaking according to what is written. And He's speaking according to what he finished and the Holy Spirit of God who is an awesome performer that performs all things for us. He watches over the word to perform it. Hallelujah. As Jesus is, so are you in this world. You are the body of Christ, the fullness of him that fill it all in all. You are his hands. You are his feet. You are his mouth. Where are the feet connected to the body? Where are the hands? Man, when you lay hands on people, you got to recognize this are the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ, yet not His but His. Hallelujah. Lay hands on them and they're going to recover. What in the name of Jesus, in the person of Christ? For in His name there he is. You are His ambassador his mouthpiece you are the witness and the proof that Jesus is alive hallelujah so you got to make a total identification by faith a total identification by faith you are the result of Christ's sacrifice there's a need for you to make this identification by faith say by faith say it again Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10, Paul says, listen here. Do you want the life of Christ manifested in your life? The life of Christ manifested in you is the hope. It's the hope of divine health. It is the hope of power and authority. It is the hope of the blessings of the Lord. Christ manifesting in you and through you is the hope of glory. Do you want the life of Christ manifesting? Do you want to experience the life? Paul says, this is how I do it. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 10, Paul says, I always bear about in my body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Christ might be made manifest in my mortal body. What does that mean? Paul says, I always, I always, this is what I do for me to live as Christ. I die daily. I always, I always carry about in me. I live this way. I always carry about the dying of the Lord Jesus so that the life of Christ will manifest, will show up. So that even if they stone me to death, I'll get up and I'll go back into town when that life is manifested. I always bear about in my body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Paul, what do you mean? He says, this is what I mean. Every moment of every day, daily, this is what I do. I I make this total identification that I have been crucified with Christ and I'm no longer here. That I've been buried with him. But I also make the identification that when he was resurrected, I was resurrected. I now have his life. I'm seated at the Father's right hand. I've been washed by the blood of the Lord Jesus. I speak through that blood that blood has covenant with me with god i have the authority of the name of jesus i have life through that name and christ is within me giving me divine utterance so that i can speak the word of god declare the promises of god and god watches over that word to perform it he says i make a total identification with the dying of the lord jesus christ and with a sacrifice which is the power of god and therefore that life of christ is made manifested in me For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. God says how precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. We're not talking about when you die and going into the grave. We're not talking about a funeral message. But how precious in the sight of the Lord when his saints recognize I have come to an end. I've been crucified with Christ. So now the life of Christ can take over. Amen. So there needs to be a faith, confidence, boldness, being fully persuaded to walk in agreement with the truth. It is the truth that brings freedom. To function effectively, not praying amiss, not speaking and declaring amiss, not praying from the earth, not praying from the problem. But praying from the right hand of the father. Praying from the place of the ascended life of Christ. Speaking from that place of ascension. Thinking, believing, and speaking from the ascended life of Christ. Who you are, where you are, what you have. Ascension is where you are seated in Christ. To function in the life of Christ, you must equally function from the fact that you no no longer exist. You were crucified with Christ. Therefore, as Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. 2 Timothy 2 verse 11, if you died with him, you shall also live with him. You want to live with him? You want to have his life? He says you got to die with him. You want to reign with him and reign through him, then you got to suffer with him. What do you mean suffer, sickness and disease? No, it means reckoning yourself to be dead. They that have suffered in the flesh have ceased from sins. This is the mind of Christ. Arm yourself with that mind, 1 Peter 4, verse 1. Arm yourself with this mind, this mind of Christ. They that have suffered in the flesh have ceased from sin. So that they shall no longer live the rest of their life for the lust of men and for the lust of the flesh, but for the will of God. That's the mind of Christ. And it says, 2 Timothy 2 verse 12, if you suffer with him, you reign with him. You want to reign? Of course. You're a king. King's reign. Say, I'm a king. I'm supposed to reign, but how? You reign through the life of Christ. Romans five verse seventeen: Through one man offense, death came upon all. But much more, they will receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in this life as kings through Christ Jesus. But you want to reign through Christ Jesus? You got to be dead with Him. You got to suffer with Him. Hallelujah. Jesus said, "When you lose your natural life, your earthly life." Then you can take up his life. And where he is, ha-ha, there you will be also. God said how precious in the sight of the Lord is the dead of his saints. Psalms 115 verse 16. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's in another place. He said I die daily. Now to function accurately in Christ, you must, say must, You must function from who you are, which means you got to live from who you are, which is the life of Christ. And you must, number two, function from where you are. You live where? You live in a place of ascension. Number three, you must function from what you have. You got to live knowing what you have, what belongs to you you got to know that you have everything that Jesus received in his ascension. Because you see, when Jesus ascended and God, having purchased from our sins, and he, and he took his blood into the mercy, to the mercy seat before the throne of God, God said, made him to sit at his right hand, and God made him to be heir over all things. And God gave him the most excellent name. And God gave him all power, both in heaven and in earth. Now you are an heir to everything that belongs to Jesus. So you are joined heir with Christ in the heir of God. So you are an heir to that most excellent name that he received in ascension, and you have life through that name. You are an heir to all of the power and all of the authority. Behold, I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So to function accurately in Christ, You got to know who you are. You got to know where you are. You got to know what you have. And you got to know why. What do you mean why? I mean purpose. God works all things together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 indicates, oh, there's an immense inheritance. But it's released according to purpose. Amen. God don't heal us just so that we can be more comfortable god heal us because why we are his body and he is to be glorified in this body amen you no longer exist but it's christ that exists in you and you live for the will of god your purpose is to make god's enemies his footstool what enemies flesh what enemies sin what enemies the devil God says, sit in my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Hebrews 1 verse 13. Hebrews 10 verse 13. 1 John 3 verse 8. So God's will is your sanctification. Say sanctification. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to him. It is no longer you that live, but it's Christ that liveth in you. You are the body of Christ. You are not, you are not doing God's... You are it's not about doing God's will it is about doing God's will because you are his mouth you are his voice you are his feet and 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 this is the mind of Christ amen you are speaking on Christ's behalf in his name you are ministering in his name now we also have I, I, I'm, I'm gonna come in coming for a close here what does this look like you've got to embrace the cross You've got to embrace the cross. Amen. That's number one. Number two, you are crucified with Christ and everybody else is crucified. Crucified people are free from unforgiveness, free from offense. You can't offend them. They're free from resentment. That is why you got to declare that you're self-crucified. Dead men are not offended. Say, I'm crucified. What does this look like? Number three, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. The life of Christ is now your life. And as the righteousness of God, you're free from guilt, shame, condemnation, insecurity, inferiority. It is Christ that is here, not you. Number four, what is the language? Oh, I like this. Say I'm bilingual. Bilingual. Say it again. Say it again. Why would I say you're bilingual? Well, on the one hand, you speak in tongues. But on the other hand, you speak the language of heaven. It says in in Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 that your conversation is where? It's in heaven. You speak according to heaven. You speak as one that has been raised up. You speak according to the who, according to the where, according to the why, and according to the how, and according to the what. Proverbs 8 verse 7 and 8 says, My mouth shall speak truth, and all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. Righteousness. Psalms 50 verse 23 says, In him, it says that when you order your conversation aright, God says, I'm going to show salvation. When your conversation lines up with heaven, the power of God will be released. Even Christ Himself will rise up in you and will subdue all of his enemies. Philippians 8, verse, sorry, Philippians 3, verse 21. Check it out. Philippians 1 27 says, Let your conversation How you think, how you believe, how you speak, how you act. Let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel. You know, many years ago when the Lord called me to do this, to teach this, and to preach certain things, one of the things He said to me back then, and it still holds true today, unfortunately, is that my people don't know how to talk. The church, they do not, my people, they do not know how to talk. They talk wrong. And because they talk wrong, they limit God. Hebrews 10, you live from here. Where do you live? You live in this place of ascension. Hebrews 10, verse 19 and 20, having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way which he has consecrated for us. So you are to speak as the king that you are. You are to walk in the newness of life. This is the life of a king. A king, kings speak, kings rule with their words. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 4 4 says where the word of a king is, there is power. You see, in Revelation 20 verse 6 it says that we're going to reign with Christ for a thousand years. But that's in the future. But as for right now, we reign through Christ. We reign through him. As kings, Romans five verse 17, what do kings do? They speak. Job 22:28 says, "You shall decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you." Amen. What do you declare? What do you speak? Well, Psalms two verse seven says, "You shall declare what God has decreed." You see, when God speaks, He doesn't suggest. God doesn't say, "You know what? I suggest you shouldn't be anxious." No, He says, "Don't be anxious." God doesn't say, I suggest you present your body a living sacrifice. He says, no, present your body a living sacrifice. God says, I suggest you resist the devil and submit to me. No, he says, submit to God, resist the devil. God doesn't make suggestions. He is the king of kings. He makes decrees. And so what do you do? You declare what he has decreed. You find out what is written in heaven. You find out what is finished and you declare this is how it is. Amen? Say this is how it is. (laughs) This is how it works. This is how it works. This is how you plant the heavens on the earth. This is how you cause his will that is done in heaven to be done in earth. Say, I'm a king. I'm a child of God. I'm born of God. I'm born to a living hope. My whole life is gone. I'm crucified with Christ. I no longer exist as the old me. I do exist, but in the life of Christ. Christ's life is now my life. I speak from ascension, I speak from his life. I'm washed by his blood, I'm the righteousness of God. Christ's authority belongs to me. I love life through his name, I have the authority of his name washed by his blood. His word coming out of my mouth is a hammer and it is a fire that will break the rocks in pieces. His word in my mouth is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the dividing of soul and spirit. Every other word Words of curse, demeaning words, every other word is naked, defenseless against the word of God that comes out of my mouth. I speak his word and I sever every negative word spoken about my life. I condemn it. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am the Heel of the Lord. I am the blessed of God. I am raised up with him. I am forever blessed. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. Father, I thank you. I give you praise. I give you glory. And I bless your name.